Hey everybody, this is Megan Scanlon and this is the Meg Scanlon podcast. Today I am going to talk about a couple of different things. Um, injuries, you know, when you're hurt and when you're when you're not able to do what you want to do training-wise, um, whatever that may be, okay? I posted on my Instagram earlier today about how two different injuries I have had in the past have really changed my perspective on being injured, okay? Um, I will share both stories with you and kind of what happened to me, you know, how long I was out for, and my just my the differences in how I attacked it, how I attacked each injury. Now, when you are doing... Um, when you're training, right? So when you're training for something, whether that be powerlifting, whether it be weightlifting, whether it be CrossFit, whether it be running, whatever you're training for, it doesn't matter. But you're definitely putting yourself at a higher risk for injury. So I'm not just talking about general fitness, but when you're really training, when you're pushing yourself, when you're when you're looking to get better, you're going to get better, of course, but you're also putting yourself at risk for high, a little bit of higher risk of injury. And so at some point in time, you're going to have these things that bug you. Sometimes they'll just be little hearts. They're things that you can push through. You have full range of motion. Um, the pain isn't really increasing when you're training. Um, and if you have an upcoming competition, you're definitely pushing through that because you know, you can without putting yourself at greater risk and that after that's over, you'll have time to heal. And it, it, in, in the long term, it's not going to be a big deal. And when you get injured, it's going to be something that actually might stop you from your regular training, right? It may it makes you take that step back. You're going to have to alter your training. You might have to take time off. Um, depending on what the injury is, depending on what the severity is, you may need to take a week off. You may need to take a year off from your typical training. And when I'm saying typical training, I know you can't see me, but I'm doing little bunny ears. So it doesn't mean that you can't do anything, but you're definitely going to have to change what you're doing. And you may not be able to do what you want to do per se. So a couple of things before I start in um, is just, I want to differentiate a little bit about what I mean between, you know, hurt and injuries. And also that what I'm saying here today is more about how you think of it. And even when I shared my Instagram is really from my perspective, from my experience, it's not supposed to be advice on what you should do for your injury. Okay. Like I'm not, not your doctor, I'm not your physical therapist, I'm not your chiropractor. Um, I'm telling you what I've experienced in the past, um, and how it has helped me mentally, which in turn, terms helps me physically deal with when I'm injured and not able to do what I want to do. So please, if you are injured or if you're hurt and you're unsure of if you're injured, if you should take time off, what's going on, please find someone you trust that's near you. And by someone, I mean someone that's qualified, whether they be an ortho, a chiropractor, a PT, Whoever you trust in that realm, find someone you trust and go to them. Okay, Use them as your resource. This is one of my biggest mistakes in the past is that I used to be in denial, if you will, and say, oh, like I can push through, I can push through, it makes me tougher. And yes, there are some things that that's, that's not a question that you can definitely do that and it's going to be okay. But when you have that 
little inkling in your mind that is telling you, you know, this isn't just a little hurt. This isn't something that's going to go away on its own. Um, you know, when I train, it hurts more. It is starting to bug me in my regular daily life. It is in interfering with my sleep. These are all signs that you should go to a trusted professional to find out what is going on. Worst case scenario here is that you waste a couple hours every day to find out like it's not a big deal. You know, it will resolve by itself and just be aware of it, right? So find someone in your area that you can trust. If you're unsure of, you know, someone in your area that you can trust, ask around. If you go to a powerlifting gym, if you go to a weightlifting gym, ask around and see what they recommend. Okay. See what they um, That's kind of cool. So the other thing that's kind of cool is there's a lot of, you know, PTs that deal with PTs, doctors, chiropractors, you know, whomever that you prefer to see. Again, that's, I think that's an individual preference for, for a lot of it. Obviously, if you have an injury where you need imaging, you need, you may need surgery, you're going to need to get a good ortho. But if you can find a relationship with a PT or a Cairo that's easy to get into so you don't need to wait. I think that is really great as someone that's an athlete and wants to train um, to be able to get in almost immediately to see them, to kind of put your your mind um, in a better place and to make your body feel better as well. So I think that for different people, different things work better. Um, personally, for me, I'm a big PT person. I think that it has helped me, the soft tissue work that I get a PT um, as long as well as sorry as well as the accountability for the exercises. Like if they give me exercises, I'm going to do them because I'm going to come back and see them. Um, whereas, yeah, it may not be the most fun, the most exciting, the most glamorous exercises in the world, but even if I know I should do them, which I usually do, I could usually guess pretty closely to what exercises I'm going to get when I go to PT. I probably won't do them as much as I should, because I haven't gone. Sounds ridiculous, I know, but it's the same thing when you have a coach, right? When you're training. So when you have some type of injury, it is just as important, if not more important, that you complete your exercises to make you better, your rehab exercises, than your training exercises at this point in time. All right, so just keep that in mind. So some people like chiropractic, like to see a chiropractor better, they, they like the whole manipulation part better, like that's cool, um, go that route, just find someone you trust. So that's my first piece of advice. Um, I am lucky enough to have PTs that I really trust. I found one up in Boston, and that's who I went to after the Arnold. So I, my latest injury, if you will, it's been a couple weeks here, um, and I'm calling it an injury because it definitely, definitely um, was not something I could work around. Um, but the first... So my last deadlift at the Arnold, I knew immediately because that's something else. Like it's it's very cute. I knew immediately that I did something. I it almost felt like I got the the air knocked out of me, but like in my back, kind of like I don't know how else to describe that. And on my last pull, so I'll, I walked it off, if you will, <laughs> with a little limp. I breathed deeply, if you will, but I wasn't quite sure what I just did. And as that night progressed. My pain was very diffuse. In other words, it wasn't in one spot. It was my lower back, right? It was definitely my lower back and my hips. So those were 
the two things I definitely knew is like, oh, it's definitely in my lower back and definitely my hips, but I don't know exactly what it is. There's no pinpoint location. What made me happy was I did not have any, and I never had any like tingling sensation, nerve sensation. I didn't have any radiating symptoms down my legs. Like all these things did make me very happy um, because I knew that would mean it would it would likely be something more serious. And although I did not know what it was, and although I was in, in a lot of pain, and I, 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 this is so terrible. I laugh now, but like laying down, I couldn't sit up and I couldn't roll over. Like I was just kind of like, I felt like I was a hundred years old. I felt like a turtle knocked on its back type of deal um, when I was in the laying position trying to sit up or trying to roll over. So the first couple of nights were very long, but something I did immediately was I did a lot of walking. Um, so I did a lot of walking after the competition. Um, the next day I did a lot of walking. I did stretches that were comfortable. There were many that were not, but I did whatever stretches I could that were comfortable just to get blood flow throughout my body, just to keep my blood moving. I personally, and this is a very personal thing here. Okay. I'm not, again, I'm not, not trying to give any, um, recommendations, if you will. I'm not trying to substitute you going and getting checked out, but I think blood flow, and this is even just in terms of a health, a health perspective is super important. And I think it's so underrated. So how am I going to get blood flow? If I can't do much of anything else, I can walk. And, and I did, um, I walked very frequently, not necessarily long distances, but frequently those first couple days to whatever stretches I could that were not uncomfortable or increasing pain. So at the beginning, um, that wasn't very much. I could do like a hamstring stretch, put my foot up on something, not very high, um, quad stretch. Um, I couldn't really do a ton of stretching because I was just very uncomfortable. The other things, two things that I tried to do pretty immediately was pelvic tilting, which that was a little bit uncomfortable, but I could do it. I could work on that, that pelvic tilt. And I also tried to glute bridge. It was like one of the, again, I don't want to say funniest because at the time it wasn't funny, but I'm pretty sure I did laugh just because in your head you're thinking, okay, I, I just picked up 380 pounds the other day and now I can't lift my butt two inches off the floor. It's like, oh, holy shit, like what just happened? You know, like, but in my head, I'm like, you know, it's okay. Just keep doing what you can do. So basically I was doing butt squeezes. I wasn't even lifting my body off the floor because the second I recruited any of my back, um, it just kind of seized up. So long story short, I focused on getting as much blood flow as I could, um, those first couple days, which was a lot of walking. I did some body weight squats very, 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 very slowly. So another thing that was kind of a Kicking the nuts, if you will, if I, if I had nuts. But, you know, he's, he's got 400 pounds. And then I you do a body squat with no weight. That probably takes you 10 seconds to complete one rep. But at that point in time, it just felt better when I was moving in general. So that first week after the Arnold's was very rough. Um, I slowly but surely could do more. That was not painful, but it was very rough. I told myself, because I definitely knew I did something, I told myself that, you know, I would go and get it checked out before I picked up any any weight. 
of any sort, besides upper body, um, before I picked up any weight that would put pressure on my back or lower body, any upper back, any back things that I did, um, would be supported. So like a supported row, um, like I wasn't going to do a bent over row for instance, or even a three point stance row, I was going to be supported on a bench of some sort. And I would only do activities that did not worsen the pain that made the pain feel better. So for that first week it was walking. Um, I slowly, I did a little inclines on the treadmill. I made one dumb mistake one day trying to jog, not even fast, like jog at like five miles per hour and immediately knew on that first step, it was the wrong decision. So I shot it down, right? There's no reason to try to push it, shut it right down. Uh, so I did, I did, I ended up going to my guys up in Boston, HDPT, big shout out to them. Um, luckily it was kind of what I expected to hear, which was that I sprayed my SI joint. Um, and that just everything around that area was incredibly tight to protect the area. Um, it was very evident that the right side was affected more than the left side. It's very evident that like the movement on my right side, like um, if you're going to do like a straight leg raise when you're laying down and things like that, were just different. Like they were restricted, but they're also just different than the, my left-hand side. So I was up there for about a week and got in as many times as I could with the storm that we got while I was up there that delivered two feet of snow and got some manual therapy um, and did the PT exercises, which I'm still doing. And Every day after that first week, so when once I got into that second week, I felt like every day I got a little bit better, which was very, very reassuring. Remembering that I'm still really not touching any weight with my lower body. So now I'm doing body weight squats more freely. I can actually do a glute bridge the second week successfully. I did some body weight hip hinging. I did later on in that week, um, some split squats, which before had bugged me. I tried them before earlier on. They bugged me. Some single leg sits to the bench. I could, I could start to do these things and I did them more frequently, right? So I'm not lifting heavier weights. I'm almost doing these things every day now to keep the blood flowing, to get blood to that area. At the end of that week, I started loading up some goblet squats. And by loading up, I'm talking, I started with like 15 pounds and then I worked up every day, five, five, 10 pounds. Um, eventually I found my way to a barbell squat, high bar, barbell squat. And again, started light um, with higher reps and slow. So I use tempo here to make the movement very controlled. Okay. So that there's no bounce out of the bottom. There's none of that. Everything's very controlled. We're working on bracing. Um, and I want to say I started like 65. So say I worked up to a 45 pound goblet, started with my high bar back squat with about 65 pounds and, you know, just went up every day. Um, so higher up, higher frequency things, really thinking about control, really working on bracing, still doing those PT exercises, still doing all types of upper body stuff, still walking. During this time period, I also happened to travel a lot, which took its toll on my back for sure. Okay, so I had my plane ride back from Ohio. I went up to Boston, came back from Boston, went um, the next day I had to pick my husband up at Newark. So that's about an hour. I went there, picked him up, came back. That's about so two hours after sitting in the car for eight hours a day before. And then my parents also came we had, to New Jersey and we had to pick them up about a half hour away. So I spent about three hours in the car that day. Just all this time in the car adding up. 
And I knew that's when I was the most uncomfortable. And so I made sure those days to walk, to stretch, to get more movement in more frequently to try to negate some of those effects of sitting. I, in the past couple of days, we're almost coming up on on three weeks here of the Arnold, but the past couple of days have been adding more regular motions, if you will, that are still a lot lighter than I would typically do them. Um, in terms of squatting, I in terms of some light, um, I started with light push press, like clean with a barbell from a hang position, not from the floor, um, like barbell stuff, like starting to work those back in. And I've done that for about two days now. So here I am sitting here and my back's a little sore, not necessarily in a bad way, but it's, it's definitely, I know I'm like at that limit, you know what I mean? So tomorrow where I plan to train, I'm probably going to take tomorrow off again, I'm using quotations and just walk and do upper body movements along with those light lower body movements that I was doing before right? And not do any real type of training to give it that extra time and then see how it feels. And I'm assuming it will be fine. And that on Thursday, because now we'll be on Thursday, I'll go back to regular scheduled training, again, using quotations because it's still lighter and weight. So it's just, it takes time, right? So we're working on three weeks now and I'm saying, yes, I'm getting back to regular training. But again, I'm using quotations because it's not really regular training and there's many modifications that I'm still using. Even on things like upper body, I'm still not doing bench over rows. For benching, I put my feet on the floor. And again, I'm using quotations for on the floor for the first time today because they were elevated four inches. I had my heels on and I tried as hard as I can not to arch my back with my feet on the floor, um, but they were on the floor for the first time in three weeks um, with very minimal, there was no pain and it was, you know, slight discomfort, if you will. Um, so we're getting there. In other words, we're getting there. Every day we're trying something a little bit different and every day we're making a little bit of progress. So couple things. One. If you think you might be injured, if you think you might have something that would get worse or that you cannot train through, be sure to get it checked out. Don't try to do anything dumb, okay? That's rule number one because you will pay for it. (laughs) In my next two stories, I'm going to tell you about in the past, okay? I had two injuries that I wasn't in denial about both and it probably made both of them worse. And luckily... I learned from my first one how to respond when you can't do what you want. And in the long term, in the long run, it brought me into lifting more seriously, which is kind of cool. So a couple years ago, probably more than a couple, I was still running a lot. So I ran the Chicago Marathon, and it was one of my best marathons. It actually, I think, still stands as my PR marathon. I ran it in about 3.38, I want to say. Three hours and 38 minutes. It was great. I felt great. Uh, at the time I was in my four week stint of CrossFit. Yep. Everyone always asked if I did CrossFit, I don't even know if I can respond. Yes. Cause I only did it for four weeks, but I showed up at the gym Tuesday morning cause I felt great. Started doing CrossFit again, signed up for another marathon, started training for a marathon. Okay. Two days later, terrible idea. Should have laid off the volume a little bit here. Needless to say, fast forward two months, and I have a stress fracture. In denial about that, I remember it was such a dull, like, 
constant pain that when I was standing would get so much worse to the point it was like no, I don't even know. Like, it's like when you have an ice cream headache and you just want, it's like a split second, right? You just want it to go away. But now think it's in your leg and it won't go away. That's the best way I can describe this. Um, I finally got it checked out in January. So I remember it was Christmas, Christmas time. And my parents have the family over on Christmas Eve. And I was helping my mom standing up, moving around, whatever. Everyone comes over staying up for a long time. I was like in tears on the couch afterwards just because I was in so much pain. And that was when I finally, I think I made a doctor's appointment that night because I finally realized that this was ridiculous and I was being a ridiculous person. So the, in case you're wondering, the Chicago marathon is Columbus day weekend, which is in October. And my legs start probably started hurting a month after that, which is November, which means I put off getting anything checked out for about a month which put us in January. So anywho, long story short, should have gone earlier to the doctor. Um, but anyways, got it checked out in January. Then January through when I was cleared for activity again, which was about six weeks, I did nothing. I literally did nothing except sit on my butt and probably gain 15 pounds and go out way too much with all my new free time that I thought I had. Okay. I don't even know. I mean, it was winter, of course, but like, I don't know. At the time I was a runner, I couldn't run. So I was like, what else am I going to do now? So I decided I was just going to not do much of anything, be more social and sit on my butt. Okay. It was not easy to then try to be active again, because you're thinking that you're going to be able to do, remember, I'm coming off of my best marathon ever to do what you were doing before, that you're going to be in the shape you are before, which is ridiculous. And obviously I know that, and that's just not true. So that was pretty miserable. Fast forward a year and a half, still running. So this is really before powerlifting. I was powerlifting at the time, but I was more, I would not call myself a powerlifter. I'd done two meets, I think. I was training for my third and I was also getting ready for a marathon that I was having a great training cycle for. Um, hitting all of my runs, hitting all of my projected paces. I was it was a great training cycle. Um it was in the, during the summer and my hip started hurting when I would land and push off. I can remember it vividly. It would hurt and it would hurt deadlifting. And um, at the time I was doing conventional deadlifts. So it would hurt like in that hip hinge position. It almost felt like I was getting caught. And I, you know, whatever, push through, push through. It's not affecting. I can still run fast. It's not affecting anything. And then you realize at some point in time, you're getting ridiculous when I was up in Massachusetts doing um, summer workouts for high school soccer girls and they were at 6 a.m. That you would realize you're getting ridiculous when you would wake up to go to these summer workouts, you know, say 5.15, you're leaving, you're leaving your house to get there and you are heating up a heat pack because I didn't have heated seats, heating up a heat pack to bring in the car so that when you got to the field, you'd be loose enough to feel okay walking. Like what? What, what is the point of that? You know, I'm like, at the time I was probably 27 and I was walking with a limp trying to run. Like that's absurd. Looking back at it, I know it's absurd, but you get caught up in, I was having such a good training cycle. I didn't want to let go of it. And I was getting so close to the race. I didn't want to let go of it. Unfortunately. Had I dealt with it earlier, 
the end result may have been a new marathon PR, but I did not. I did not deal with it until I was literally unable to walk without a limp and I was still trying to run. That makes no sense again. So again, I got it checked out, um, did PT for a while, um, did not run for probably three weeks to a month at all. I biked and I could lift. And I could do, you know, other hit things like that I wasn't hip hinging. I was pretty much comfortable. Um, squatting was pretty almost always okay for me during that time period. I didn't do anything really heavy just to be safe, but it was it never really bugged me. So I did lots of different things, including more lifting. And that's really when I started to take powerlifting more seriously as I started as an outlet during that time. For me, since I was pretty upset about not being able to run the marathon that I was so well trained for. So unfortunately, um, even if you are close to a meet, you're close to a race, whatever it may be, whatever you're training for, sometimes depending on the severity of your injury, you can't push through it, uh, especially if you wait too long. Uh, it's just you're going to have to take it with a grain of salt and, oops, and realize that you may have to wait for the next one. There's always going to be another one. Okay. Especially if we're not talking like I'm an, I'm a, I was, I'm a pretty good runner above average runner. Okay. But I'm not great, not nearly elite and I'm not a professional. So there's always going to be another one and there's really nothing on the line. Right. Most of the people that are listening to this are probably thinking, oh yeah, like you're, you're training just as hard as every, as everybody else, right? You're training super hard for a goal, but think about what you're putting on the line sometimes. Like if if it's not your job, you're not a professional, like, is it worth it? Do you want to be doing this longer than just that one meet or just that one race? And if the answer is yes, that you want to have longevity in the sport that you're doing, sometimes you need to take your foot off the pedal and, and focus on the next one. And despite how good the training cycle might have been. Okay. So anyways, for that race, I didn't, it didn't happen. I didn't do it at all. Um, there was no way. It took me a little while to admit that to myself, but there was no way I was going to do it. But I, I finally did, and I kind of moved forward mentally. I kind of just wiped it right off my mind, um, the hundreds and hundreds of miles that I ran for it, wiped it right off my mind, and focused on what I could do. So this was the first time that I, I'm injured. I cannot do what I want to do. I've trained really hard for one specific thing, right? So I've spent hours and hours and hours training for this marathon on this specific day, and now I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm hurt because I have an injury that won't allow me. However, instead of sitting on my ass like I did the first time, I focused on what I could do. So I lifted more, you know, I did more squatting, I did more benching, I did things kneeling, um, like I did boxing kneeling, so I wasn't standing up, I wasn't using my hips, hitting the bag to keep my cardio up, I biked, um, to keep my cardio up, I did things that I could do that weren't causing me pain, that wasn't delaying my recovery from this injury. And let me tell you, one, I was so much happier. I stayed in really good shape and I found out I loved lifting. I was much happier lifting and I was actually way better at lifting than I was at running. Huh? Who would have guessed? So sometimes really good things come out of it. But I also swore to myself at that point in time, if it 
if and when, because there's always a when, right? You get injured again and it's going to keep you from doing what you want to do. Don't just be passive about it. Be active, go out and get help, right? Buy your professional as soon as you can, buy your trusted professional as soon as you can, and also do what you can do because there's always going to be something you can do. It may be something as small as doing, you know, I don't know, bicep curls, who cares, or walking, but there's something that you can do that's not going to cause you pain. Do that and push that hard because that will help you mentally. Then do the things that are going to help your injury. That may not be that exciting or glamorous, but that are going to help you heal and recover. Do those things. Combine those, okay? Recalculate your whole system here. You're not training for a meet. You're training to get better and keep yourself strong, keep yourself mentally in the game. All right, so just a couple things to think about. When you get hurt, make sure you get yourself checked out by someone who you trust create it, find out what's going on, check in with them, let them know what your goals are. Because if your doctor isn't specifically only working with active people, they're not going to assume that your goals have to do with getting back under the barbell. They might just think you want to get back to your activities of daily life, which is great. However, if you want to get back under the barbell, then you're not on the same page and you will not be satisfied with the outcome of that. So just make sure you're on the same page as them. Tell them what your plan is. Ask them what you can do, what you can't do. Ask them what you can be doing to help you recover faster and figure out a timeline. Okay. Do what they tell you to do. Do anything that is not going to cause you pain or make your injuries worse that you can push to keep yourself mentally in the game. All right, so there's always going to be something you can push. Find out what it is. Realize that the comeback may be slow, but it's very progressive. And kind of like enjoy that progression, okay? So enjoy that progression. Appreciate it. Appreciate when you're pain-free and just work with it. The other thing that's really great, and I know I'm saying that there's always something you can push, there's something you can do. There's also a lot of workarounds so that you can still train the areas that the injuries are around. So for me, that is my posterior chain mainly what is and was what is the most painful. So my SI area, my hips, my low back are what gets sore. However, like how am I going to train my hamstrings, right? Like I'm not, I'm not deadlifting. I'm really not loading a stiff leg deadlift either. Um, and I haven't for three weeks. So I'm, yes, I'm doing glute bridges very frequently. Um, once I was able to do a full range glute bridge, then I worked into glute marches and single leg glute bridges and hip thrusts n- with no weight, just body weight. Um, but I also did other things like work, work around things that I wouldn't necessarily do, but just so I could target like my hamstrings, and my glutes, such as hamstring curls on a machine right? Seated hamstring curls. You can take your back out of it completely and still work your hamstrings, work those muscles on hamstring curls with a band. If you don't have a machine, same idea, very simple. You can go heavy. You can do speed ones. You can go fast. You can do them quickly. Um, I did like a cable pull through, but instead of holding the cable, I actually use a band and I um, put the band on the top of my leg. So I'm again, taking my back out of it completely out of I'm holding on the load, right? So now I'm loading on my hamstrings, but I'm not putting any stress on my back. My back is not responsible for for the load that is applied to my hamstrings at all, which is pretty cool. Um, 
just a lot of different ways that you can work around injuries. Don't be satisfied with you can't do that. Get creative with it without, again, putting yourself at risk, making your injury more painful or impeding your progress in any way. So I hope you enjoyed my stories. I've been rambling now for a while. Uh, But remember, like everyone's going to get injured. Try not to get too down on yourself when you are injured and appreciate the process in, in progressing back to normalcy in your training. It might take a while, but appreciate the process. Appreciate when your body does feel good and take care of your body when it does feel good, as well as when it doesn't feel good so that you can stay healthy and you can be in it for the long term. If you have any questions, please feel free to shoot me a message. Um, email me, shoot me a message on Instagram, two easiest ways to get in contact with me. My email is lift at megscanlift.com. My Instagram is at megscanlift. And as always, I have a website that has a blog with more information as well as some coaching options. And that is megscanlift.com. I hope you enjoyed my little story. I hope that maybe it will make you think about your perspective if you do or if you are injured right now on how to attack that. And don't just let it get you down, but rather attack your recovery like you would attack your training. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening.